Hello, everybody, and welcome to week 10 of the No Limits podcast with Gary and Mac presented on the State Hornet Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Mac Irvin III, and joining me once again, as always, is my good friend, Gary Singh. Gary, how are you today? What's up? What's happening? What's good with Mac? Man, I know you're in a good mood right now. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. We're recording this Thursday night, and Seahawks just played the Arizona Cardinals and won. We up to 7-3, and three, baby. But we got a lot of other stuff to cover, so we'll probably revisit this a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we got a full schedule for you guys. We're going to talk about week 10 of the NFL season. Uh, we're going to see where all the teams are talk about the big games, see what the playoff picture shaping up to be. And then we got a whole lot of NBA news that broke. There were major trades. There were major trade demands. The draft happened, so we got to get into all of that. So let's get right into it because we don't have much time to waste here. So let's jump right into week 10 of the NFL season. Gary, give me your biggest result from week 10. So looking back at week 10, the biggest result I think I seen was that Colts and Titans game, 34-17 Colts win. And, you know, the Titans haven't really been on a good roll lately. So that was a game that I thought they were going to step it back up, especially if we're going against a great defense in the Colts. But realistically, they're in a big time slump. Derrick Henry hasn't have a, hasn't had the best games. You know he's putting the numbers up, but they haven't been resulting in wins, and really hasn't had a true impact on the game. I feel like the last couple games, and yeah, the Colts are now six and three, which I, after having a rough start, Titans are now six and three as well when they actually had a good start. So that was one of the shockers I seen, especially the score thirty four seventeen. You know, getting shut out in the second half. The Titans were, you know, the the Colts. You know, beginning of the year, I think we were both kind of iffy on them, especially with Philip Rivers and how he was playing. But those guys on the defensive end have stepped it up, and it's been a little weird. So uh, I think maybe kind of the magic is starting to wear off, and teams are starting to see through them. That was a bad game to concede right there to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm gonna take a swing over to the NFL's favorite division, the NFC East. And we saw the Giants get a big win over the division rivals, Philadelphia Eagles, a 27-17 win for the Giants. Daniel Jones trying to redeem himself from that stumble he had a couple weeks ago trying to run it into the end zone. <laughs> he ran it in for a touchdown early on. So this puts the Giants at 3-7, and seven, and it really blows that division wide open. I mean, right now the Eagles are still in the lead by virtue of the tie they had, and they are sitting on top at 3-5-1. and one. The Giants are 3-7. And, and, you know, you can't rule out Washington and Dallas either, so I think this was a big win for the Giants, and it I'm have serious questions about the Eagles and their ability on defense and their passing game. There's a lot of questions that I don't know if they can answer, but they need to start trying to come up with some answers because we're getting into the into the clutch part of the season, and they need to start performing here. Yeah, Mac, like we already know that NFC least I like to call it is just it's just horrible. I think there whoever wins five games is probably going to win this division, maybe even six, five or six, and that's just sad to see. And hopefully the one none of those teams even gets slaughtered in that first game because realistically I don't think they should even be making it with that type of record, especially all the good teams that are in the NFC right now jockeying for a playoff spot in that wild card position. 
But like you said, another – we had to talk about a crazy game. I know with Cardinals just played, so it kind of feels like old news. But that Cardinals-Bills game, that crazy play from the connection from Kyle Murray to D-Hop over three defenders in the end zone, his tweet, the quarterback's tweet, Kyle Murray saying, I just – he know D-Hop was somewhere in there. And that was explains that whole entire sequence, crazy play. I was watching that play, and I was like, I think it's going to be over. I'm walking down to the kitchen. I hear my brother start yelling upstairs. I'm like, I start running upstairs like, oh, snap. That was a crazy play to see, and that was a good win for that team, especially because I know they weren't playing good that whole game. It really builds really controlled a lot of that game. So that was a grinded-out, tough-out win. And another little shocking game I kind of seen was the Raiders versus the Broncos. That game, I mean, I knew the Broncos don't put up enough points with Drew Locke, but their defense usually does really good, and 37 points by the Raiders, they're starting to get – they're really starting to be scary. I know they got a big game, I believe, this week versus the Chiefs, and I know the Chiefs are going to really try to put a damper right now, especially because the Chiefs lost to them earlier this year. But got to give credit right now. The Raiders are hitting on all cylinders. I kind of want to talk about the Seahawks and Ram, uh, Seahawks and Rams game, but again, it feels like old news because Seahawks just won. So we're gonna give Russell Wilson some credit today because you know, even though he, I feel like he stepped really, he letting that door wide open to the MVP, and people are stepping through it now. I think you would agree with that too, Max. So let's see how it goes. There's still a lot of games to be played, and it's coming down to the end. That's gonna be a tight race, especially for the MVP. Yeah, you don't want to talk about that game. I'll talk about it because I got some things to say. <laughs> okay, that was a ahead. terrible game the Seahawks played against the Rams. It just felt like one of those games where you don't come back from. Like we, the Seahawks got down early in the game, and they just looked—they looked like they had no chance of coming back throughout the game. I mean, I know it, they kept it close, and the scoreline even shows that it was close, but. This was just one of those games. And it's always the Rams. They always struggle a lot against the Rams. I don't know if it's something about that being in being a divisional rival or something, but L's are always close games. They always play us tight. So you gotta get uh, it was it was my- important. I I will go ahead and give the Rams a lot of credit though, because they did play well in that game. But it was important that they weren't able to get that bounce back win tonight. And they looked Pretty good tonight. A lot of defensive errors, but they stepped up when it mattered. So I might give them a pass for that, seeing as it was a divisional game. Uh, One more note on DeAndre Hopkins. All NFC West uh, fans and players should march down to Houston, Texas, and demand Bill O'Brien's head on a stake for trading (laughs) the best receiver in football for nothing and making the Cardinals into the – (laughs) <laughs> into the spoiler that they're trying to be. So, yeah. Yeah, my bad, Mac, for cutting off right there real quick. But I was just trying to say real quick, man, Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, man, put, you already know what I'm about to say, DK Metcalf in a stranglehold last week. And I was that was a little tough to see. I thought, you know, Metcalf, you know, usually that wide receiver, cornerback matchup, you know, it goes a little 50-50. He's going to get some here. He's going to get some balls hit out the way. He's going to catch some balls, you know. But that was a that was a good defensive performance. But like you said, they stepped up today, especially winning by a game-winning sack. You got to give credit to that defense, man. Take one more look back at the NFC. Right now we got the Packers and the Saints tied at 7-2. and two. They're sitting on top of the NFC. So interesting battles. A lot of <laughs> – there's going to be a lot of battles and a lot of change. All right, let's switch gears to the league that came back 
with a passion over the last few days. Let's talk about the NBA, man, because there have been uh, lots and lots of movement throughout this league. I think one of the first big trades to come through the pipeline was Oklahoma City ditching Chris Paul and sending him to the Phoenix Suns. So it's going to be Devin Booker and Chris Paul in the backcourt. I know we talked a little bit about this last week, Gary, but give me your official feelings now that the move is complete. Yeah, Mac, like we talked about last week, I think I put it on record that I did not want him to go there. Realistically, I didn't want him to go there. I'm going to be honest. The reason why I told you I didn't want him to go there, there's no realistic chance for a championship. So I was like, I was really iffy. I think you were on the same page as me last week as we want to see these players going, especially these all-stars winding down to the end of their careers, like a great career that Chris Paul has had so far. You want to see him to have play a bigger role in a championship pitcher, but I mean, looking back at it now, it's a good. At least he went somewhere that's not totally bad. He's gonna really help those guys develop. You know, their 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 team's making some moves to really keep Devin Booker, and you know that's something great to see. You know, Phoenix has always been a team that back in the day, in the '90s especially when they used to have Charles Barkley, was a really good team knocking at the door, and it's really good to see that they're back at it. You know, even Steve Nash years, so it's really good to see they're back at it. You know, they have some great offensive weapons, especially with we all know the main man up there and uh, Devin Booker as well as Aiton. And, you know, they're making some moves, and Chris Paul can really help that team. I think the best-case scenario I could see him at is like four or five. See, that's best case. Best case. I only see him going to that top. I feel like – well, I mean, now the Warriors, you know, we can talk about it later. Maybe that can change things up. But I still think that's going to be four or five C, especially, you know, he has more talent than the OKC team last year. So if Chris Paul can get you to the five C last year, he probably can do it again with more talent this year. That's right, and they could use and think about it. If they get a couple more pieces, we saw how good they were in the bubble, coming out going eight and zero in the bubble, nearly getting into that playing game. So I think they could be a little bit of a spoiler this upcoming season. And if who knows, maybe if they play their cards in the draft right, get somebody a free agency in the next couple of years, this might be able to set this team up. We'll have to see if Chris Paul can maintain that level of production coming into the twilight of his career. Uh. I don't want to be a spoiler, but let's not pump up the bubble too much, Mac, on eight games not making the playoffs. But, I, I mean, you have to you have to go on 8-0, right? They were the only okay. team to do that, so okay. you got to pump them up a little bit. Okay, I don't know. You got lucky with that shot against – I mean, not lucky. It was a great shot versus the Clippers, you know, that Paul George, top of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, fabulous shot. I got to give Book his credit, but I don't know. Bubble eight games, you didn't make the playoffs. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. There's something there. Something. All right, Gary, discrediting the bubble. We'll move on from that. <laughs> speaking of teams, speaking of teams trying to please their superstars, let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. They went out and acquired Drew Holiday for a bunch of future draft picks. I bunch. really don't. I really don't know what they were thinking, giving up that many draft picks for Drew Holiday. But that wasn't the only move they made. They went out and got. Sac- the Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Sacramento Kings, they got him on a signing trade, and the Kings were going to get back Ersan Ilyasova, DJ Wilson, and Dante DiVincenzo, or at least that was supposed to be the case until it- that deal was announced Monday night. But come Wednesday afternoon, turns out Bogdan Bogdanovich never officially agreed to the signing trade, and that deal has now completely collapsed. How does this sort of thing happen? How does a deal collapse and a player doesn't agree to something 
that's been widely announced to the media. Who's at fault? Oh, man, who's I don't get it. This is so crazy. Mac, I'm going to let you know. So I did some little reading, a little research on ESPN and things like that. So what I'm getting at from this whole situation, credit Brian Windhorst, one of the people that I was listening to on this. It sounds like we got some snitches in the league right now. When I'm talking about snitches, I'm talking about some ratatouilles, some <laughs> some snitches, some tad tellers, whatever you want to say. We got some executives in the NBA trying to say that there has been what we call it tampering. And if anyone doesn't know what tampering is, is when you talk to a player or yeah, you talk to a player before free agency and everything hits to tell them you know to come here and things like that. And I think. That was a situation here. That's why Bogey is trying to say that I wasn't officially going there. I didn't accept it because he's trying to really not get fined on either side. But I already heard that while well, I read that uh, Greek freak Giannis already spoke to Bogey. It's a done deal. He wants to go there. So that makes sense. Why wouldn't he want to go there? He's going to play a key role there. I think this is really just some, this is just some snitching going around right now. It's kind of surprising because I think they're just mad that, again, the Kings got played. And I was hoping maybe – can we get a pick? Can we get a pick for Bogey at least? Something. Well, they gave they gave him all up for holiday, so they had nothing to give us. Exactly. And, yeah, let's go back on the holiday situation. Holiday, okay. This is going to be a good team. They made some moves, right? Now, this moves, obviously, I think I'm going to put on record right now. It is a long way away from next year's free agency. But I'm going to say about 99% Yon stays. The reason why I'm going to say Yon stays is because how many picks you give up, they have to have some type of – a type of little shake, shake agreement with Giannis that we're going to give this many picks up and you, you bet you're not going to stay. Cause they just mortgage a lot of their future in the recent, in the upcoming future, just to get these type of players. So that's a big key right there. I think people got to see on the radar that I think it might be a wink, wink deal for Giannis to stay, even though I still still think Miami heat is one of the big players in that situation next year. But this team, you know, they have a lot. They got, they did what they needed to do. Damn. You know, they got the shooters they needed to get, but realistically, does anyone not remember that Drew Holiday played with Anthony Davis and J.J. Redick? And, you know, a shooter, you know, like, I don't know. What did it do? I know this Bucks team is different. This Bucks team has been one, first place last couple years. So don't get me wrong. This place, this team's going to do good. But being the Nets, sorry, no. Beating maybe the Celtics if they make a couple more trades, sorry, no. Being even the Heat. I don't, I still I don't know I don't know I don't, that still can be up there so I don't know if these moves are really putting them over the hump but you got to give credit they're doing things to keep Giannis that's all you can ask for if you're Giannis they need a superstar Man. though I was I was agreeing with you on the uh, tampering thing but I mean the reports that have come out lately suggest he just doesn't want to go to the Bucks or maybe he mm. can get more money so we'll have I mean, to keep our eye on this one he's scheduled to enter free agency on Friday so. We'll see what happens with that deal, but that's just it's still just wild how that situation gets reported. Money is still a situation, yeah. He I think he does want to get paid more, but I don't think he was really worried about not going there, you know? He wants his money and he wants to go there, which is understandable. Bubba deserves that. Balled out. Yeah, but the Bucks but the Bucks just waived Ilya Silva and he was supposed to be a part of the deal, so you can't trade somebody who's not there, so I mm. I don't know. There's a lot of question marks hanging over this deal, but uh you know, he's supposed Weird. to be a restricted free agent, so we'll see what happens when everything shakes out at the end of free agency. Let's talk about the Houston Rockets because we talked last week about how they should try to run it back at least one more time. 
Um, it appears James Harden and Russell Westbrook do not agree with us, and they have both both requested trades out of Houston, with James Harden being particularly interested in joining the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> I don't this would be an absolute wild trade for me if the Nets were able to land James Harden because basically they'd have to give up the entire team outside of uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Do you really run those three and put 10 uh, veterans minimum guys around them? Like, what is this trade even going to look like? Because I know they want – I know Houston saw the Drew Holiday deal and they're thinking we want that many picks minimum for James Harden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, we talked about this last week. I know we were probably a little late on our pod because right after our pod, all this extra news started coming out. So, But we got a chance now to talk about it. And, okay, I'm be honest. There's so many things going in my head about this deal. There's reports about, does Kyrie want this to happen? Does KD only happen? Do they want to do a switch just Kyrie and uh, and James Harden? So, uh, And there's also reports that even... James Harden can be sent to Philadelphia, which I kind of think is not on the table no more, especially with this trades that Philadelphia has just made. And hearing Doc Rivers talk about the other day, and I think Dan Murray too, the uh, other night on draft night, yes, last night, talking about I think they're going to run it back one more time. I mean, it makes sense maybe that their opportunity is now to get a James Harden type that we I'm pretty sure would fit, maybe not personality fit, but would pretty fit with that team with the 76ers and Joel Embiid. But I like how they're running back with the two young superstars to get some shooters and really keep that team alive. Now, on the flip side, like we talked about Harden, I don't know. Like, you're going to need four basketballs. I know everyone's saying that, and I don't get me wrong. If I think – is it Warriors part two? I mean, ask me, is this Warriors part two? No, slightly a little different. I'll give it a slightly different. Warriors are more more better fit, already won a championship, and those things right there. Now, is this team can fit? I think, I mean, Mac, I'll be honest. I think it could work. If the if they want it, it can work. That's what I think. If they want it, they can work. Even though you've seen teams before, you know, want certain things. We thought James Harden and Westbrook wanted it. They didn't work, you know. So I don't know how systematically this is going to work, especially with a new head coach, especially Dan Tony in the background. How do you think Kyrie's feeling about that? You know, there's a lot of different situations going on. I think realistically the Nets should keep their depth, but we all know why. The Nets are doing this. Do you know why, Mac? Why is that? Because Kevin Durant, again, let me be honest, is looking at LeBron and saying, I can't beat this man with just Kyrie. It's as simple as that. He can't beat that man with just Kyrie. If they got AD, he going to need a third star, and he knows that's, a Lakers, that's what the Lakers are missing. So that's the player right now. And real quick on Westbrook, I'm going to let you go, Mac. Westbrook, I feel like I was saying New York, that was looking good just to do something up there. I don't like that no more. I would say maybe even the Hornets just to get that Michael Jordan, you know. But they got LaMelo now. I don't think they should mess that up. The team I think Westbrook should go to to actually have a chance just to make some noise, go to Detroit. Go mm. play with Blake Griffin. It's going to be a little weird. Blake Griffin has, has really stepped up his game to become a shooter. And at least you have two dynamic players. You have two superstars on a team. Detroit will be back in some contention. They'll be playoff. It's, I don't know if it's a championship team, but that is some type of noise making in the East. So, I think that's my take on that right there. What you think, Mac? Uh, it'd be interesting to see him in Detroit up there with Blake Griffin. Uh, but it's it's such a it's such a pickle for Westbrook because I really don't know where he could go and what team is going to want to eat that contract because he's got a big big contract. And I mean, 
I know the Knicks are probably desperate for him and they desperately want him, but it just makes no sense to me why he would go to New York over somebody else. Uh, I hadn't really considered Detroit as a possible landing spot, but I think Breaking now that news. you brought it up, <laughs> I think now that you brought it up, it makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, this is just another one that we're going to have to watch. You know, there's still a lot of free agency to go. What you think about the Wizards? You know, you that they were thinking the swap with John Wall with him. I don't know that. I don't know if that really. Again, I would run it back because I haven't seen John Wall and Bradley Beal, the new Bradley Beal, but kind of just flipping contracts and just flipping players, really. I think it's a bad deal for both sides. If a John Wall and Russell Westbrook switch goes down, that basically leaves both teams in the same position. Except the Rockets are now worse off because they got. And unknown, a complete unknown at point guard. You've got John Wall, who hasn't really played in two years. So, I mean, I don't see a winner in that trade. I think it's beneficial for either side to make that deal. Yeah, I mean, one last thing on Westbrook before we switch to another uh, NBA rumor real quick. I love Westbrook, and, you know, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Bill Simmons put this take out. I think I agree with it. Bill Simmons said that Westbrook kind of reminds me of AI, as in he's a great player. Great skill set, entertainment, but at some point we just realized, I don't know if his style of style of play would translate into a championship, and you just got to deal with that. You're going to love him how he is. He's going to get triple doubles. He's going to entertain everyone. He's going to put on great numbers, great stats. Just don't know that we're going to put the pressure on him to keep winning and winning when I thought there's more pressure on Harden because we can see him win a championship. I don't really see Westbrook win a championship, especially right now, especially there's no skills. His skill shit is not – what any team needs right now. No one needs a non-shooter driver right now. Every team that's good right now needs a shooter, you know? So that's the thing that sucks about Westbrook right now because I really want him to get opportunity, but I think the best opportunity is Detroit. What you think, Mag? What What's the next topic here? Let's go. Unless you got something to say on that. Oh, man, we're, we're really running short on time. Let's go ahead and move quickly mm-hmm. to the next topic. Uh, one last thing in the free agency cycle we heard on uh, Wednesday – that Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors injured in a walkthrough practice turned out to be a torn Achilles. He's done for the season. This will impact a lot of uh, pundits and analysts and guys like us. Our power rankings for the season. A lot of us had the Warriors going right back to the playoffs with a healthy Steph and a healthy Clay. Where does this injury leave the Golden State Warriors? This injury leaves the Golden State Warriors, Mac. Mox are looking in outside the playoffs, but they're gonna be knocking the playoffs. Everyone plays, but none more than that. First round exit. Max, if they get lucky, second round exit. It's just sad to see, man. I hope we get condolences and everything like that to Clay. Hopes he recovers properly and uh, the correct way, and you know can get back on the court as soon as possible. You know that guy before his injury was an Iron Man and a best two, one of the best two way players in my mind, and. Really, a glue to that team, you know, could shoot a part of the one of the best backcourts ever with him and Curry. And man, you, I want to see Clay play. I want to see the Warriors play. I want to see that team, but they got to wait another year, man. Got to wait another year. Yeah, it's just one of those injuries that's real heartbreaking, and everyone feels it throughout the league. I don't think anybody wanted to see this, so that's a real disappointment that one can see the Warriors at full strength. And we hope Clay can come back next season or the season, yeah, next season and you know, try to run it back, see what they can do. At least he got that big contract right right after the Warriors to make sure to take care of him and give him that max contract. So at least he's got that riding on him for the for this year. Yeah. All right, let's quickly, quickly go into the draft here. Let's talk about 
what was your favorite pick from the NFL draft before we digest the Kings pick right here? You want to go in the draft? I wanted to go to the Lakers. It's all good. Go go to the draft. The draft (laughs) was good. I mean, the draft is just the draft now in the NBA, man. The draft is just really picking players that you think potential now at this point. All these players come out young. We didn't have an NCAA tournament this year. I can't even give you a real take, Mac. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest with you. Can't give you a real take on this because every player looks good. I love the Kings pick. I, I wanted Obi Toppin. I wanted to put that on the record before last week, but we didn't have a chance to. But I wanted Obi Toppin, but he's going to be a good player in my mind. I think one of the players that were slept on dropped to the Knicks. And But I think the Kings did great. They got a 3 and D guy who can really make a lot of noise, especially on assisting and things like that. Great three-point shooters, too, shooting 40%. So I think that had a good draft. And, yeah, simple as that. Let's see where yeah. you guys pan out. Yeah, let's hope that this isn't another Thomas Robinson situation where the guy with the Kings take the best player that just happens to fall to them. They got Tyrese Halliburton, the point guard at Iowa State, 6'5". You know, he's 40 pounds lighter than Buddy Heald, so I think he's going to be seeing significant minutes this year. But we need to see what they do with Buddy. I like the pick. Uh, I'm trying not to get my expectations too hype because I think Kings fans do that, and it ultimately leads to disappointment. So I'm going to play it cool and see what happens here. We already know it's going to be a long season. Bogdanovich probably isn't coming back. We know Monty McNair is looking at some kind of long-term rebuild, so we're just going to have to be patient with that. At the top end of the draft, you know, Anthony Edwards went number one to the Timberwolves. That's really all I got on the Timberwolves. Just got to hope they don't mess it up again. You got, James, you got James Wiseman going to the Warriors, which I thought was a great pick all along. I think it's kind of foolish that the league <laughs> that the other teams around the league allowed this to happen. Before, obviously, the clay injury, I thought that was the perfect fit for them, you know, getting a big center. They really lacked one since uh, – since Bogut went down with injury and they weren't able to get DeMarcus Cousins firing off full cylinders, this is really going to be, I think, a cornerstone piece for them, filling that center role. And then we got LaMelo Ball falling to the Charlotte Hornets at number three. That was the top three of the draft. I actually like that fit. I like LaMelo and Charlotte. Uh, I feel like he needs a little more around him. Right now he's got uh, Malik Monk and Terry Rozier to work off of, so it's going to be interesting to see how he can work there with Michael Jordan's franchise in Charlotte. Yeah, don't forget uh, Devontae Graham, too, you know, had a big breakout season this year, too, uh, 18 points a game. So that's a good pick, I think, like you said. Wiseman was a good pick. I think I still think they might be on the trading block. Don't don't add me. I think he still might be going somewhere. Maybe with the clay injury, he's sticking there. But I did watch the GM's interview the other day. It sounds like they were actually going to make a trade, but that clay situation threw him off. But that's just me leaning into the tea leaves right there. Other than that, great draft. I think everyone went where they're supposed to go, really, to be honest with you, how it looked out from the outside looking in. And, yep, let's see what these guys pan out to be. You can't really tell. You know, the NBA, only about three or four guys turn into real players. So let's see. All right. And on that extremely hot take, I think we're going to call it for this week. We want to thank you all for listening to the No Limits podcast. Be sure to go and check out some of the other podcasts on the State Ordered Podcast Network. If you're into cooking and into food, go check out Max's Table. If you want to learn more about the people around Sac State, go check out the State Hornet Spotlight Podcast. But always make sure to keep it tuned here. We'll see you guys next week for the next episode of No Limits with Gary and Max. Peace.